0: welcome to final games a podcast about the games that inspired us i'm your host as always liam edwards and thank you so much for joining me for a very special one-off episode taking a break in the schedule i know you all hate me taking breaks (laughs) but i can't help but when e3 rolls around i can't help but want to talk about the 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 show that we all get excited about uh, and then are ultimately completely and utterly disappointed by it afterwards. <laughs> but this year was a pretty decent year. I think most of you would agree that we had a pretty consistent uh, amount of cool reveals or cool gameplay trailers and the stuff that most of the companies showed, barring EA, um, was pretty uh, top-tier quality and pretty exciting. Uh, so we're gonna have, well I'm gonna have a nice sort of cool down, sort of reflection back on last week, and we're going to choose the eight games, I'm going to choose the eight games in which I would want to take with me to a deserted island, keeping in tradition with the show, of course, it's final games, uh, taking the eight games that I would personally want to take from E3 with me to a deserted place. Um, So why don't we jump right into it? Like death is not your fate, just yet. Some time has passed since I found you. Your master still lives. They'll soon make use of his bloodline. The limb you have lost will give way to something more useful. So kicking off the eight games in which I would want to take with me uh, is a game that was shown off, I think it was at the Microsoft conference to begin with. Uh, I'm getting the sort of, trying to get the easy ones out of the way first. And this Microsoft, considering, you know, I don't own an Xbox One anymore. Uh, I had one back when I lived in the UK before moving to Japan. I've actually had two. Uh And that tells you my sort of relationship with Microsoft and the Xbox One. I have nothing against it. I have nothing against Microsoft at all. Um, I think in recent years, their sort of commitment to exclusives and Microsoft, quote, game studios, end quote, has been sort of lackluster and definitely questionable compared to its competitors in Obviously, Nintendo being the kings of first party, and also PlayStation absolutely killing it with exclusives like Uncharted 4, uh, God of War, and yada, yada, yada. Um, But this year, Microsoft doing their sort of same thing as last year, just game after game after game announcements, was nice. I like that. I really just like game after game after game being announced or being shown and getting as excited. I like that sort of style. Um... So I was super happy about that. Uh, And then one of the games they showed was a game we saw teased briefly for like 8 or 13 seconds or whatever it was last year from the kings of the Souls games, From Software. The new uh, sort of Souls-esque action-adventure game uh, that's being published by Activision, actually. Sekiro Shadows must die, uh, Shadows not, no, Shadows die twice, sorry. Sekiro Shadows die twice. Um, so the first game, when I was putting together the list of games I was excited about to take with me to a deserted island, Sekiro was like the immediate number one easy pick. From software, I've obviously got an incredible track record. For anyone who listens to the show regularly, they will know that, you know, Dark Souls appears quite often. Uh, You know, we've had Bloodborne, we've had Dark Souls, we've had Demon Souls. We've had all, you know, Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3 appear on the show at some point. So, it would be remiss of me to not take with me Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I'm a huge fan of the From Software games. I love the Soul series. Uh, even though I suck at them, uh, I am absolutely in love with Bloodborne. Going back to PlayStation, having incredible exclusives. Bloodborne is like one of the best exclusives, I think, in the history of video games. It's an incredible piece of game design and it's incredible. I love Bloodborne so much. And Bloodborne is fast and exciting. And Sekiro looks like Bloodborne more than the Souls games. It looks like Bloodborne, but faster. Uh, and on top of that, uh, Sekiro is based in Japan. Uh, you know, uh, as someone who lives here, that's awesome. You know, we have quite a few games uh, quite a few games shown off uh, at E3 that were sort of Japan Edo Sengoku period inspired, you know, we had Sekiro we had Neo 2 and we had Ghost of Tsushima, uh, there was quite a lot of like samurai based games being announced which is unique, you know, back in the day we had the Tenchu series, Ninja Gaiden and all that kind of stuff uh, so it's kind of cool to see it coming back and uh, Sekiro takes place, I think it's like 16th century Sengoku uh, players take control of a shinobi uh, called Sekiro. He is named Sekiro, uh, which is like one-armed wolf in Japanese. Uh, I think my translation could be wrong, but it sounds like one-armed wolf. Obviously, that ties into the fact that he has a fucked up arm. <laughs> he has like this arm uh, that is like uh, either a prosthetic or like modded because it's made of like a bone. So I don't know if it's like his bone or someone else's bone or whatever. Um, but he has like this sort of prosthetic arm that he can use uh as like it has a like, gadgets he has like a, a grappling hook almost akin to like just cause 2's grappling hook um and he's like floating around the screen and he's like cutting people in the air uh it looks super exciting obviously everyone sort of expected that it was going to be a tenshu game because it was from software and i think according to miyazaki san that this was originally a Tenshu game in development, and then they sort of started taking it in a more unique direction, so it ended up not feeling like Tenshu anymore, so they decided to just make this a, a new IP, uh, being Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't come out until next year, uh, but I'm incredibly excited to play it. From what we saw in the trailer, you know, we saw a lot of stuff, uh, so... You know, he's, he's like, flying across the screen. Like, the combat looks really fast. It looks like Bloodborne. It looks like it's going to be just more of, like, awesome action-adventure based from software stuff that I can't wait to play. And this is kind of the easiest one. When I think back on last week, like, the games that stand out to me, this is, like, one of the major ones that stood out immediately. So, if I was going to go to a deserted island based on E3 2018, uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice would be the first game I would take with me. Long ago, the divine Seros received a revelation from the goddess, a gift to help guide the lost. Now, the goddess watches over Fodlan, from her kingdom above, as the mother of all life, the arbiter of every soul. Go ahead, give me orders. It's time to measure your worth as an instructor. Such a brutal, irrational world we live in. Some believe the Crests, tokens of the Goddess's power, are necessary to maintain order. But they're wrong, Teacher. The Crests are to blame. So here we would usually talk about the second game uh, on a guest list, and we would talk about the island in which we're going to send to them. Um, Obviously, E3 2018 had multiple, multiple games, (laughs) many, many, many games that we could talk about, and we could talk about the settings in which they, uh, you know, they all take place in beautiful, wonderful, photorealistic places, you know, you could... Have the ghost of Tsushima world the of Edo period Japan to relax in. I think there are many places we could be deserted in. It's kind of hard to nail down one. Uh, we could also just choose E three the the conference hall itself. Imagine being deserted in the uh, sort of L A theater or whatever it's called, uh, <laughs> playing these games. Um, but when it comes to like choosing the second game on this list, and it's an interesting one because I think a lot of people are expecting. Uh, me to choose Nintendo games as always uh, you know we will get to the obvious soon enough I can assure you Um, but if we are entirely honest Nintendo's conference this year from a standpoint of someone who isn't a fan of Smash Brothers it was kind of weak it was it didn't announce too many things we had Super Mario Party a new Mario Party game coming out that looked pretty good but as we all know, Super Mario Party, uh, Mario Party is not like one of Nintendo's biggest IPs. It's kind of something that has disintegrated over the years that people don't really care too much about. It's nice to see a new entry on Switch and you know with everyone owning a Switch and having local multiplayer, it could be really well done. Um you know, they talked about the Octo expansion for Splatoon 2, which uh, is going to be great. Congratulations to my friend John Amaru, who uh, worked on that. So that release seems to be going really well. They talked about all the indie games that were coming out, especially Hollow Knight, which is a game I came at that they announced was coming out on the day of the conference. A game I immediately... Purchased because I've been waiting for that to come out on Switch for a long time and I've been playing it now uh, for the past week. It's really great if you uh, are interested in a fantastic cheap indie game for your Switch. Hollow Knight is highly recommended by me personally. Um, but the other sort of not announcement, because the game was already announced, but uh, we were shown more was Fire Emblem Three Houses which is the new Fire Emblem game coming to the Nintendo Switch, the console Fire Emblem they teased last year. We knew we were getting Fire Emblem Warriors, which was the Musou spin-off. We also got Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valentania last year. And now we are going to get a brand new console version of Fire Emblem. And what I think worried everyone initially was... Oh, I apologize for my phone going off there. Uh... what i think it worried everyone was sort of like it being just a 3ds fire emblem on console like them using sort of sprite based um artwork which is great you know the sprites in fire emblem look fantastic but it's limited you know i love the fire emblem games i'm such a huge fan of the fire emblem series but i think everyone was just worried that they're going to make a 3ds fire emblem game in the vein of awakening all fates and they were just going to put it on the console and stuff like that but that's not the case and we have this new fire emblem fire emblem three houses which is a fully console tactics game for the nintendo switch you have your main characters as always you have like your units but they are surrounded by the armies in which you know you've always been sort of having to imagine that you commanded because, you know, Fire Emblem isn't about you going into battle with just your units. You're supposedly meant to have like a giant army at your back. But obviously limitations of handheld consoles, you've never really truly felt that or seen that. So it's really cool now to see with Fire Emblem Three Houses that you have like this whole army surrounding your main characters, your party. And they're going to go into battle with you and they run into other enemy army units and you have like these giant battles that take place on the screen. Kind of like what Fire Emblem Warriors felt like uh, with, you know, hundreds of enemies on the screen at once. It looks gorgeous. It kind of has the same, uh, I don't know if it's the same engine as Fire Emblem Warriors because Intelligent Systems didn't make Warriors. You know, it was uh, Koei Tecmo. So... It's, like, fully 3D uh, character models and, like, uh, environments. It looks great. And now it seems to have, like, you know, sort of your home base, the places you've always sort of gone back to to talk to units and stuff is, like, giant 3D towns now. Like, there's, like, a cathedral that you're walking through or, like, a giant base. i was like, a huge fan of Fire Emblem, this is, like, a must for me. Um... It's so easy to choose like a, another huge title, AAA title from this year. But if it's my personal E3 list, games that I want to take from E3 with me, I'm going to have to take a Fire Emblem game with me. A brand new Fire Emblem game that looks really fresh. We have all these new characters uh, that are all ridiculously named. Like, I think one of them's called Edelgard. Like, of course, we've got to keep in tradition with Fire Emblems nonsense garbage text (laughs) that we're going to get, you know, some sort of uh, highfalutin medieval-based fantasy stuff. Uh, I've seen some things that say that Three Houses is going to be based on, you know, the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, which is that classic Chinese novel that a lot of video games have been based on. Um, I don't know whether that would be the case, but it would be kind of cool if we had something where you have these three warring kingdoms going at each other, maybe you get to play from the three different sides like you do in Fates, you know, where you have three different games, where you have two different houses. It would be super cool if they did something like that. Again, I, I think I'm in the minority when I say I really, really enjoyed Fire Emblem Fates. I think a lot of people prefer Awakening, which is totally understandable, but I actually really enjoyed playing from two different perspectives of the same story. It made me feel... It made me feel many emotions facing off against characters that, you know, I'd wanted to succeed in the last game. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to take a Fire Emblem game with me. Everyone who listens to this is gonna know that I love I love Fire. I love me some Fire Emblem. I love me some tactics. Tactics is <laughs> very fastly becoming my favorite genre of video games. I'm not very good at tactics games, but there's something about sort of piecing together like a puzzle in a, in a way that can affect like characters who can die. Uh, I really enjoy it. It's the sort of gameplay style I really like. And Fire Emblem is just like up there. I mean, we're, not, we're never going to get Advance Wars, so Fire Emblem is going to have to do. I'm happy with that. So the next game I'm going to take with me is Fire Emblem Three Houses. <laughs> We've known each other a long time. Hold the line! Hold the line! Nothing going to You never had this much trouble. You gonna make me do this? They're demons! I've seen them with my own eyes! Red Grave has completely taken over! Let us pray for mercy. This is a trial from the heavens above. Hey honey, need assistance? Hey, you have to hit every single bump in the road? <laughs> Gonna <ruin> my crew! <laughs> So, continuing on with being a complete and utter sucker for certain things, as well as tactics Games and Fire Emblem, I am a complete and utter sucker for action-adventure hack and slack... hack and slack? hack and slash (laughs) Japanese video games. Uh, You know, Bayonetta is one of my favorite games of all time. I really enjoy the Bayonetta series, I really enjoy the Devil May Cry series, and... There are two parts to why I would take this with me. Uh, one is incredibly biased, and the other one is generally because I enjoy the Devil May Cry games a lot. Uh, I enjoyed Ninja Theory's DMC as well. I know for some reason some people didn't. Uh, that game played incredibly. Aesthetics aside, I really enjoyed it. Um, but we are getting a direct sequel to Devil May Cry 4, which is a game from 10 years ago now, which is incredible. Uh, we Uh, Getting a direct sequel from that. Skipping the sort of uh, spin-off that we had with Ninja Theory. Uh, And it's being made by Capcom. And it's being directed by uh, Hideaki Itsuno, And he's back to sort of develop it. It's being made with the RE engine that RE7 was made on. And I'm just super excited to play like a awesome Japanese action adventure hack and slash combat game like Bayonetta. We didn't see anything on Bayonetta 3 this year, so this is gonna sort of this is gonna have to like satiate my hunger for that style of game. Um First of all, like it was cool to see it on the Microsoft stage. Uh and you know, It's an came out with my friend, my very, very good friend, Matthew Walker, who is someone I hang out with in Japan quite frequently. So I was incredibly biased uh to this announcement because I love Matt a lot. He's he looks after me out here in Japan. He's a very very good friend of mine and I was I was un- un- slightly unprofessional for a second. I was very proud to see him on the stage doing his thing. Everyone got to see the wonderful exciting and big, larger-than-life personality that is Matt. So, seeing him side-by-side with Itsuno-san was really cool. and It was a very proud moment for me and some of my friends here in Japan to see Matt on the big stage announcing a project that he is super passionate about. And it was, it was really cool. So, I'm super excited to play this game, you know, based on what we've seen so far, because that trailer was awesome. Uh, cheesy rock music aside, like, I'm cool with butt rock music, <laughs> with Japanese butt rock metal, um, but that trailer was awesome. You know, we had Nero, he looks way cooler than he did in Devil May Cry 4. Uh, he's He's got this cool arm too, like, you know, going back to Sekiro, like, having like a cool arm that you can have multiple tools and utility for. Is really cool. Um, you know, he had that sort of devil demon arm in uh, Devil May Cry 4, I think. So now he has like this weird robot arm. So I guess he lost his demon arm. It looks like it gets pulled or ripped off him uh, in the trailer. Uh, he has this new friend with him, this this uh, new woman who can sort of... I don't know if she's like working with him or he's she's kind of like the road done from Bayonetta type character where you buy stuff from. Uh, but she was awesome. I think her name's Nico. Um, I don't know if she's Russian or something. She sounded certainly very American. She had <laughs> such an American twang to her. She looks awesome. Like, she looks comparative to, you know, Final Fantasy fifteen Cindy, like the mechanic type. She looks way better, way cooler. Um, She, she says the line, kicking demon's ass, like, you know, she she seems downright cool, and uh, it's awesome to see like another character in the game. At the end of the trailer, uh, which was great, you know we got all this demon kicking ass, Nero doing his thing. Uh, the game looks stunning. Uh, they're using the RE seven engine. Uh, it looks amazing. Uh, I think they're going for some sort of photorealistic style, so they're like scanning faces in. Uh, I don't know what the tech they use, Matt won't tell me anything, <laughs> so don't ask me, um, but it looks really good. And then at the end, we see Dante, crazy Uncle Dante, come back on his bike with a beard, screaming, woo yeah" or something. Um, so I'm super excited. I love action combat games like Bayonetta and Devil May Cry, so to have another one that looks as good as this does, like, graphically fantastic, is awesome. And to see Matt's project, you know, From a personal, professional, I mean unprofessional standpoint, it is really cool. Uh, uh, So I'm happy to see people excited about that. So, of course, I'm going to take Devil May Cry five. I can't speak today. Devil May Cry five with me. They say I'm like goose, willis unbreakable, die hard. True sickness, put the mic on the tripod. But I'm not chow, Gun. fat, dig up, still a pillar of stone. Flows into your skull. Mash on your whole militia like I'm Hannibal. Imagine you the antelope, and I'm the king of the jungle. Animal instinct, phenomenal stamina. Just think about a man on the brink of his sanity. And it's me. You not a rapper, you a movie star. Checking who we are, be the booty tar. While I top cocktail, checkin' you can score school regardless. I'm marvelous, majestic. No retarded shit. All my power harness shit. My spoken word. Like a Voltron sword, and he's poems poke the arsenic Every madly, deadly, comes. poppin' up The you, it's in me NMC, the all we know The powers that be, it's in you It's in me, NMC, that's all we know The powers that be, it's in you It's in me, it's in me. NMC, the all we know The powers that be, it's in you It's in me, NMC So the next game I think will surprise... Some people, uh, considering all of the games that we could take with us or could choose to take, um, this next game is kind of, um, I think, even surprised me when I thought about it. Like, ah, you know, I really would, I really would like to take that, or I would at least like to have it with me. You know, we're talking, we're still talking deserted island situations, so we still have to balance the uh, the practicality of being there and playing games that offer some replayability. Sekiro and Devil May Cry are all good, like, you know, you can play those games replayable, get better scores, you know, run through it a lot, Um, Fire Emblem as well, so we got a pretty good balance of replayability. But I think this next game would offer more. No, I'm not choosing FIFA or Madden, don't worry, I'm not choosing any of those games out of all the games I could take from E3. Uh, But the next game I'm going to take with me was from EA's conference, and it's Session now i th- I you know saying that I could take anthem, I could take that that would be infinitely replayable uh you know one of those games what do they call it? service games now uh y- games that you can just keep playing that they keep updating and you keep paying for or something like that um no uh i anthem looks good it it does I'm not a fan of destiny, so anthem's really gonna have to sell me on the sort of flying around in robot suits before I sort of take the plunge on that. It looks good. People played it, said it sounded pretty good. Um, but the next game I would take with me is Session. Now, when Session was shown, I think everyone was excited. And then it hit that it wasn't Skate 4. You know, everyone was super hyped, thinking it was Skate 4. But it wasn't. It was a game called Session, which I believe is an was an indie game by Creature Studios. I think they're a new studio. I think this game might have been kickstarted. I I don't recall. I don't remember. Um, but it seems EA have picked it up and they're going to publish it. And this looks like a genuine spiritual successor to the skate games. Games I really love. I was super into skateboarding when I was younger. I love the culture. I love sort of looking at videos on Instagram of skateboarding and stuff like that. I don't do it really anymore. I've tried since I moved to Japan. I think my older bones just don't allow for it anymore. So to live out my skateboarding fantasies in a, a kind of new skate game would be awesome. And you know, you can play these games forever. So although we didn't really see too much in the trailer and the sort of the physics looked a little wonky, uh, hopefully they can sort that stuff out before the actual game gets released. Session is the... Is a game I would want to take with me I would want like a new skateboarding skate game hopefully they have the cool analog uh based uh like fighting game system that skate had it would be great to have one of these skate games with me um and session looks like it can fill that so I know it's a surprise I know Considering all of the incredible games, and we'll, we'll get onto honorable mentions after. Um, considering all of the cool games that I could have taken with me in this very limited spot, I'm gonna take Session. You know, I don't know about you guys. Is anyone excited about Session? Like, if you were a fan of the Skate games or the Skate series back in the day, like this, this has got to look good, right? It's got to look at least like it's getting a little bit on that itch for. You know, a new skate game. It's not Skate 4. I don't think we'll ever see Skate 4 considering EA are backing this, unless Session is a massive hit and then Creature Studios gets the skate license. I don't know. Um But yeah, from what I saw, even with the wonky physics aside, I'm excited. Uh, so I'm going to take Session with me as the next game from E3 and I'm just going to live out my skateboarding fantasies in my deserted place. You can't be here. I'm putting you under arrest. Okay, so, the fifth game from E3 2018 that I would be taking with me uh, if I could take them all to a deserted island is a game that surprised the heck out of me Um, because I don't think I could ever get so excited about a remaster or a remake as I did with Resident Evil 2. Man, that trailer was fantastic. Capcom really bringing it home. You know, Capcom have had such a rocky few years. Let's put it that way. You know, we've seen some gems like Dragon's Dogma. Uh, Street Fighter V has just not been what anyone expected. Like, it's not been the success that Street Fighter IV was. But then we had Monster Hunter World, and Monster Hunter World absolutely killed it. There's definitely a change at Capcom in terms of what their focus must be. Because now we're seeing, you know, older series that people love that sort of had mediocre, mediocre games later in the series. Devil May Cry 3, Devil May Cry 4, sort of, uh, you know, I mean, Devil May Cry 2. Um, And then Resident Evil 5 was great, but Resident Evil 6, uh, you know, not so great. Resident Evil Revelations was pretty great. uh, And Revelations 2 but now you know we're finally getting we're finally getting that remake of Resident Evil Two that was announced like what three years ago now, but not only that, it's not like the r e remake it's like completely brand new with the Resident Evil seven engine it's not got the tank controls it's got the bloody delightful Resident Evil four controls uh. And it's going to have gameplay similar to Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 5, which is like, praise hallelujah, because like, as good as Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil 2, and Resident Evil 3 were, I'm done with tank controls. It's 2018. Let's have something with some stability. You know, those games, the tank controls were great for creating atmospheric tension, but from a gameplay standpoint, they were not that great. Um, and the Resident Evil 2 trailer and the gameplay seem to merge what what those games need. Like, Resident Evil 4 didn't really have great tension, but had fantastic gameplay. Resident Evil 7 had sort of, okay, gunplay and combat, but the tension was fantastic. It's like a merging of those two. Like, Resident Evil 2 looks incredibly scary, incredibly technically impressive with like you're shooting different zombies limbs like if you shoot them at the elbow like the the bottom half of their arm will fall off you know pieces of their shoulder will deteriorate if you're shooting it there technologically it looks fantastic it looks great i was so surprised at how good it looks it truly looks fantastic um If you're a fan of the Resident Evil series like I am, this is going to really just be the next great part of Resident Evil after some rocky years. And it's got Leon. Leon Kennedy. Leon S. Kennedy is back. And he is a baby. He's such a baby. He looks so adorable. I was a little uh, iffy on his voice, but it kind of grew on me the more I watched the gameplay and stuff. It seems like he's the same old Leon, just, like, sort of making one-liner quips, kind of not really having a clue of what's going on, trying to be serious, but kind of a goofball at the same time. He looks like a baby. He looks so adorable. It looks great. I'm, I, I'm actually... I'm kind of bored with this and another game as my actual, like, number one from E3. Like, I was so, so pleasantly surprised and unexpectedly so um, how much I want this. Like, I watched the 17-minute gameplay from GameSpot. It just looks fantastic, and it has, like, true survival horror elements that, you know, the the first couple of games had. I don't know why, but I'm really excited about this game, so I'm definitely going to be taking this with me. You know, it is kind of a linear story-based game, But I did play Resident Evil 4 like 20 times, so, you know, I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna be playing this game a lot. So, the next game I would take with me is Resident Evil 2. I've never been particularly fond of violence, but these are bad people. Bad people that need to be stopped. So, let's get crazy. Let's get weird. Let's get. Well, bananas. So jumping into the next game that I would be taking with me from E3 2018 uh, is another kind of surprise. It's a game I've seen GIFs of on Twitter for like maybe a year or two years now. Um, I didn't know it was actually going to be a game. I thought it was like someone's prototype. But it turns out Devolver are publishing it. I'm not surprised because the GIFs on Twitter looked incredibly promising. And this year, you know we didn't have too many indie games that were focused. Um, you know, the past couple of years, it's been sort of everyone's pride and joy to have like this whole extensive collection of indies that are going to be coming to that console. But this year we had like a quite a large focus on AAA games or at least like middle A games, you know, like Sekiro or Devil May Cry 5 or something like that. Um, so there was a, sort of a distinct lack of Indie games being front and center, but one of them from Devolver. Devolver's conference was as mad as usual. Uh, For anyone who hasn't watched it, you should check it out. Um, One of the games they actually did announce, because they they didn't really announce much apart from Metal Wolf Chaos (laughs) is coming. (laughs) Another From Software game for some reason. (laughs) Metal Wolf Chaos is coming uh, to the West, officially. Um, But the other game they announced was My Friend Pedro. And My ped- my Friend Pedro is a game that, in audio, in an audio format like a podcast, I cannot describe to you uh, as to why this game looks so fantastic. I implore any of you listening who are interested, or generally not, to Google My Friend Pedro or to just type in it in Twitter and look at the gifs. It's a sort of 2D... 2D.5 action platformer where a man in some sort of like hockey mask or or, or sort of maybe gas mask uh, sort of breaks the laws of physics and in a Max Payne 3 style slow motion kills people with two twin guns. Now, that could not sound exciting to you, but when you look at the sort of physics it's like a John Woo gunfu action film. Um, he can gracefully pirouette and dodge through things. He can kick. I think his name. I think he is Pedro. I think Pedro can kick like stuff around and then shoot it. So like he kicks like a frying pan at one point into the air, and then he shoots bullets off the frying pan into the enemies. Uh, He like skateboards through a level and then kicks the skateboard into an enemy's face and then bounces off it and (laughs) starts shooting people. It just looks insane and is a kind of dumb, uh, wonderful indie title that I really do love. Um, Comboing stuff together, breaking physics, doing insane stuff. It looks fantastic, so honestly There's no way I can describe it other than for you to just go check out the GIFs. Uh, Joe Screbbles, former Final Games guest, uh, did an excellent IGN uh, article on it. And he has uh, like 10 or so GIFs about the game. It looks fantastic. I really implore you to uh, check it out. So I'm going to take my friend Pedro as the next game with me just for the bananas. And if you watch the trailer, you'll understand what I mean by that. Uh, Just for the bananas, uh, crazy stuff that it's offering. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna take My Friend is Pedro. In 2077, they voted my city the worst place to live in America. Main issues, sky high rate of violence and more people living below the poverty line than anywhere else. Can't deny it, it's all true. But everybody still wants to live here. This city's always got a promise for you. Might be a lie, an illusion. But it's there, just around the corner. And it keeps you going. It's a city of dreams. And I'm a big dreamer. So we come to the second to last game, the seventh game that I would take with me, and it's been difficult to narrow down this list, I will admit. This year we've had some just wonderful looking games. Everything looks incredibly strong, there's not been, in my opinion, there's nothing been in truly stand out, like, you know, a couple of years ago we had like crazy annou- announcements like The Last Guardian, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, We had just some crazy announcements that really got everyone excited and stuff like that. Um, And this year, there wasn't really any of that. There was a lot of old IPs coming back. You know, we got a new Halo game. There's a Gears of War 5. There was uh, Rage 2, uh, you know, Fallout 76. Uh, We had the Starfield and the Elder Scrolls 6 announcements, which were just logos, to be fair. So... I'm not going to take either of them with me. Final Final Fantasy 76, Fallout 76 looked cool, but I'm still unsure on the whole multiplayer thing. Like, there's no NPCs in the game. Uh, The kind of stuff that I enjoy out of Fallout, I'm not really sure is going to be there. So, although the nuclear nuclear code thing did excite me, that sounds like a fun thing to do with friends. So, there were a lot of strong games. And... I'm gonna talk about the honorable mentions now, because the next two games I think are the most obvious that I would be taking with me. Uh, obviously one of them is to do with my love of Nintendo, and of course it's my favorite series of all time. And the next is I think the highlight of everyone's E3, especially everyone who saw the demo that we did not get to see. Um, everyone was talking about the demo. So before we move on to that, some of the some of the you know honorable mentions I thought were looked pretty good. Anthem looks okay, as I said, they're going to have to sell me on it. Kingdom Hearts 3 is looking really pretty and looking really cool. Those trailers without the sound effects looked really weird, but visually stunning. The Pirates of the Caribbean sort of world looks great. I'm not the biggest Kingdom Hearts fan, so it doesn't make this list for me. It does look great, though. Uh, We had Jump Force which is like a ridiculous real-world anime combination. It has Luffy, it has Freezer, it has Goku, it has Naruto, Sasuke, it has all of the jump shonen people in it. That looks really cool to me. I'm not really sure on the graphical style though. Uh, people say it's fun. We'll see. Looks great. Rage 2 kind of looked like Blitz Storm, which I'm a fan of. Looks cool. I was, I was dismayed that no one gave Andrew WK the respect he deserves for rocking out that stage. Uh I love Andrew WK. Uh, as I said, Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6, they were they were, you know, logos. I'm sure they'll be great, but they were just logos right now. Fist of the North Star, uh, the Yakuza sort of spin-off from Sega looks awesome. I really want to play that game. It's out now in Japan. I really want to buy it, but I can't. Yeah. That game looks awesome, but I'm not going to take it with me. I'm really looking forward to playing that though. Beyond Good and Evil Two is looking really cool. I'm not the biggest Ubisoft fan in the world, and Assassin's Creed Origins looked like better than any Assassin's Creed game in recent history. Uh, Starlink looked pretty cool, uh, especially now it's got Fox McCloud in it. You know that's awesome. Ubisoft looked pretty, you know, consistent. They're doing well. They don't really make games to my taste, apart from Mario Rabbids, which I actually surprisingly loved. Uh, the Donkey Kong DLC looks really cool. Uh, as I said, Beyond Good and Evil 2 is looking really cool, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not sold yet. I'm not 100% sure. We had Neo 2. We had uh, what is it? Hitman 2. Daemon Cross Machina. Uh, we had Super Mario Party, as I talked about. Soul Calibur 6, which we know is going to come out later this year. And Skull and Bones, that looked pretty cool. These were, as I said, these were all incredibly consistent, incredibly cool looking games. I think two of the biggest omissions that people will be like asking me why I haven't chosen them uh, is one, The Last of Us 2. The trailer looked awesome and hats off to Naughty Dog because that animation hats off to former guest of Final Games, Jonathan Cooper and his team. The Last of Us trailer looked fantastic. I thought the way Sony presented it, their conference overall was incredibly disjointed and weird, but their whole tent and having uh, the director of uh, the director, the creator of the soundtrack playing the banjo and stuff like that on the stage was awesome. It set the tone. It set like the atmosphere of what people should expect. We had this incredibly almost heart, almost positive and warm, like everything's going to be all right. Setting to it, you know, they're having a, you know, like a dance party in, the post-apocalypse, essentially. After, you know, the events of the first game, you could never imagine this happening. So it's nice to see Ellie grown up enjoying sort of a semi-normal life uh, to then the juxtaposition of her fucking absolutely brutally murdering people, which a lot of people didn't enjoy. And I understand it was... It was brutal. But it looked exciting, and I kind of enjoyed it. The only reason I don't put it on here is because, as I've spoken about... On Final Games prior, I was not the biggest fan of the first game. Uh, I didn't like the first game very much. I've openly said to Bruce Straley in the past that I was not the biggest fan of the first game. So they're going to have to do a lot to sell me on the second. And that trailer was definitely in the right direction for what I would want. Uh, But not enough to put it on this list for me personally. Hats off to anyone who is excited about The Last of Us 2. I totally understand there is a huge fan base of people out there who are excited about it. So, I hope that trailer excited you because it is looking pretty good. The other one that I think a lot of people will have taken away as their sort of game of the show, or at least they will be incredibly excited about it now, is Death Stranding. I am excited about Death Stranding, I will admit. But... In typical Kojima fashion, even when showing us quote gameplay, it was still very unclear to us as to what we are going to be doing in the game or how the game plays, Uh, which kind of put me off a little bit. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I was. I I enjoyed what I saw but kind of trekking through the hills of Wales or Iceland or wherever it was that Norman Reedus was trekking through as a a sort of uh, space postman. Uh, It kind of looked a little boring, uh, if I'm honest. Uh, The sections where he has to sneak past the creatures and stuff like that, that looked really cool and intense. Graphically, that game is looking crazy. In a Metal Gear type way, I am intrigued as to what is going to happen in the story. Kojima has us hanging off his every trailer, and he's doing it the way he likes to do it, which I commend him for if that's the way you want to approach it. That's the way you're going to approach it. But it was not quite enough for me to be sold on it yet, and we'll get there, you know? But I'm not going to take it with me this time. It's not enough for me to put it over the next two games. So... With those honourable mentions out of the way, I'm sure there is more. Hit me up on Twitter if you thought I missed something incredible that you're super excited about. And in general, if you are super excited about E3 and there are eight games that you want to take with you, please, you know, send me send me them on Twitter or uh, email them to me at finalgamespodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear what you're excited about. E3 is always an exciting time for all of us. Um, but the last two games we'll get into it because my voice is killing me now (laughs) talking on my own is way more difficult than i i always think um but the second to last game is of course cyberpunk 2077 now the trailer i loved i love the trailer i'm not the biggest fan of like neon futuristic type aesthetic like i like blade runner and all that kind of stuff but Almost sunset overdrive punk is what I would describe this neon futuristic style that cyberpunk kind of shows, but a little more gritty. Um, But I rewatched the trailer a couple of times and I liked it more and more every time I watched it. And I was noticing more and more details every single time. And the trailer got me excited, but that was it. You know, we didn't see anything. We didn't see any gameplay. It's a first-person game, so you would not be able to tell that from the trailer. Um, And then friends and the press and everyone went to watch this 50-minute demo. And every single person who walked away from that demo, as far as I can see, I haven't seen anything negative But as far as I can see, every single person who walked away from that 50-minute demo said it was incredible. They just said it was one of the best things they've ever seen at a trade show event ever. It has, like, elements of typical CD Projekt styling from The Witcher. It had its first person, so it has elements of, like, Deus Ex uh, crossed with... uh, hitman i think was one of the things they described it as um it, it just looked fantastic according to the press and according to friends who were at e3 and it got me very excited obviously the witcher 3 is a game i adore i loved it to death i played like 120 hours of it i'm so excited for cd project to do something different than the Witcher with the tech they've built up over the years and the sort of everything they've learned from the Witcher games because you know the Witcher games just got better and better as they went on the DLC got even better as well um so to see to see what they're going to do with Cyberpunk 2077 and and for everything we've seen so far it looks like it's going to be amazing it looks like it truly is going to be fantastic you know going to a deserted island it's an RPG it's going gonna, it's gonna to last me a long time. It looks like it's something that is going to have the same sort of different outcomes or replayable bits that The Witcher 3 has. Like you can see multiple pathways and uh, the decisions you make will infect, infect, they will affect the story and the gameplay and the way you play. Supposedly the character customization and the stuff like you can uh, put your sort of skills into is vastly different and wildly uh, varied which is totally totally my jam and totally awesome so Cyberpunk 2077 I'm gonna have to take with me and I'm very excited to, for 2019 to hurry the fuck up so we can play this game and the games on this list Yahoo! So, jumping into the eighth and final game from my E3 2018 hype bonanza deserted island list, the eight games in which I would take with me, um, you all know what it is. It's of course, it's Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to take Smash Bros. Of course I am. Smash is my I think Smash is my favorite series of all time. Just the memories I have and the the pure joy I get out of Smash. Not like in the competitive way that seems to be sort of being the dominant focus of what Smash is about these days. Every time we talk about Smash Brothers, it has to be like about the competitive nature of it or the, the esports around it. Because it's kind of like a pseudo fighting game. No, just playing with friends, playing on my own. Just hours and hours of memories from Smash for me is what I love about it. And it's such a celebration of Nintendo's history, Nintendo's characters, other companies' characters, some characters that were forgotten to the past who have now come back. You know, we Sonic Mania has brought Sonic back into a good light. We've had Mega Man 11 is looking great and we had Mega Man and Smash. Snake is back. And alongside that, everyone every character from every previous super smash brothers game including the dlc characters cloud and bayonetta and all those guys is in this game this game has a character roster of like 64 characters new characters including the inklings which is such an awesome addition they are one of nintendo's you know fantastic brand new ips they really epitomize everything that's great about nintendo and ridley Sakurai the Madman has given in to the fans and we're going to actually see Ridley. That's not something that extremely excites me like it does for some reason does to other people. Um, But yeah, Ridley's in the game. But we have like 60 plus characters from all across Nintendo's history, across Nintendo's catalog, including other companies' catalogs. It's awesome. Everything I saw about Smash Ultimate, including all the technical little bits that it did get into, like... uh the dodge frame windows, the perfect shielding, uh, the every character's faster now, the the sort of um, just the more technical aspects of it. Even that stuff got me excited because I could almost feel it in my hands how it plays differently and just the way they presented it. You know, for some reason, for some people who are not fans of Smash, I totally understand why This might not have been an exciting direct for you, but for the 20 minutes that we just got to talk, a focus on Smash for me was so exciting. I really, really got excited. And it was just like having all the characters appear on the screen with the number that they appeared in the series and then slowly starting to realize that they're showing every character and then Snake. It was just so joyful. It was so heartfelt. You know, having Sakurai describe all these things. Sakurai is like killed himself to get these games done. And, you know, seeing him at E3 was kind of both incredibly exciting and also kind of depressing because he looks not in the best of shape. Like, the guy obviously is working so very hard on the Smash series. And we have, you know, we have the ultimate version of Smash Brothers. It's not quite the port everyone thought it might be. It's also quite... It's not quite the brand spanking new game I think everyone wanted it to be. It takes and merges both of them into this new game, uh, and everyone's been retooled. Everyone is, you know, been worked on to play better or different. Uh, we have, you know, Wolf is back. We have the Pokemon Trainer, and you can have all the three different Pokemon. Um, w- w- Waluigi, unfortunately, <laughs> to the to the dismay of the internet, is not in the game. We have so many stages returning, including new stages like Moray Towers from Splatoon and also uh, the Great Plateau from Breath of the Wild, which is super exciting. It takes, like, the Breath of the Wild map and puts it into Smash Brothers. Ugh! I'm just... I'm just so excited. I'm just very, very excited to um, to be playing Smash on the Switch. Yeah, it's on the Switch as well, which means I can play it anywhere. I can play a console version of Smash Brothers anywhere with me. I really did enjoy the 3DS version, but to have like a full console Smash Brothers that I can play anywhere and play with friends at any time is going to be great. And it comes out this year, December 7th, 2018. We're getting a brand new Smash game and I am going to be playing it a lot. I think a lot of you will be too. I, I totally understand if a lot of you have just switched off right now and are not interested in Smash at all. But uh, as a fan of the series and as a fan of Nintendo in general it is like a huge celebration of everything they've done all their characters, all their artistic uh, natures or just generally everything that epitomizes Nintendo in my own heart and my own mind is smash it's it's the the accumulation of all of Nintendo's design and aesthetic and what they stand for as a company in one game. And I really love it. And, of course, this would be the final game that I would take with me um, to the island of E3 2018. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, this E3 special episode uh, of Final Games. Uh, I try to keep it within the sort of tradition of the show, the eight games which is a nice limitation um, to put upon yourself to think of in these sort of circumstances. There are a lot of great games shown at E3 2018. Uh, so many positive previews from the, from the show. Uh, you know, it's such a great time to be a, a video gamer, someone who plays games. We have such an exciting 2018 ahead of us, and then 2019, especially February next year, is looking even more exciting. Um, the end of this year, we're going to get Smash. so I'm super excited. Um, But how about you guys? I hope you enjoyed this sort of spin-off episode. You know, two weeks time we'll have a brand new episode for you. Uh, If you've not caught up, listen to the most recent episode with Yuri Lowenthal. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you were excited and you watched E3, please, please tell me. Tell me what were the eight games that you would take with you? What were the games you were excited about? Uh, What were the best and worst parts of E3? Uh, If you want to listen to more uh, of me talk about E3, you can also listen to the Dad and Sons episode, uh, the most recent episode in which me, George, and Matt talk about uh, our thoughts on the conferences and the games that were announced. Uh, I'm happy to have been able to go a little more into detail about what excited me from E3 2018 this year, because, you know, I had to talk about Smash. I had to talk about Cyberpunk. Uh, someone, someone has to, 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 to ha- give me an outlet <laughs> to talk about these things. So, I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Final Games. Uh, hopefully, uh, people do enjoy it and then it means I get to do it again next year or I'll just do it anyway and make you all suffer through it. <laughs> so, if you want to, uh, you know, rate or review the show you can go to itunes and you can search for final games podcast you could also go on soundcloud and uh acast and stitcher and all those wonderful places where this show is hosted You can find me on Twitter, at Liam BME. Uh, You can talk to me there about all the eight wonderful games that you would take from E3 2018. You can find the show at Final Games Show. And, of course, thank you for listening to Final Games, as always. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and uh, I'll see you again next time. Until then, goodbye.